Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Hey, what's up, 40 Nation? We are back for our In the News talk. Brian, how have you been? Hey, I'm good, man. Hey, before we get into this, guys, if you're listening to this right now, we'd really appreciate it if you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Sport Down Experience. Give us a follow. All right, Chris, what do we got for industry news? <laughs> well, I think we just need to start off the day by just talking about the biggest story in the history of kicking or NFL, man. <laughs> the GOAT. He's a kicker, man. Adam Vinatieri breaks the all-time scoring record. At the time he broke the record, he finished the game with 2,550 points. That is incredible, man. That is incredible. Job well done. The dude is a legend. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, It's just really cool, especially just being a kicking coach, being a former kicker, uh, getting to do a podcast talking about kicking, punting, and snapping. Uh, Kudos to Vinatieri. Congrats, man. Uh, that, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, and I can imagine, Brian, for you, I mean, you got a chance to meet him a year ago, year and a half ago at the Super Bowl when you guys did um, some some trick shot type of stuff together. So you, you got to know him a little bit more intimately. I'm, I'm assuming it, you know, that, that connection kind of made this one kind of feel better, too. Yeah, and he literally said what happened. He said, it won't, it'll take me about a season and a half or two seasons to finish, to, to break that record. And here we go, it's been a season and a half, so pretty crazy. You know, what's what's interesting here, you know, if, if you think about it, you know, he stuck around for a long time, and I'm sure that record was in the back of his mind. You know, oftentimes in sports, you know, you you know you always hear coaches preach about don't do it for the records or whatever, and or, you know, do it for the, t- you know, team effort, team team things, all that type of stuff, but... You know, there's got had to have been a point in his career where he was like, "Man, I could probably break this." And then, obviously, there's, you know, things that you do. You, you do what's best for the team, but then you you kind of want that that record too because you know it's close, right? Oh, no doubt. I mean, when they gave him the ball uh, at the post game speech, you know, in the locker room, he, he he said thank you and all, but you know, let's get back to work and let's let's win the next let's win the next game. I and mean, that's always been his whole career, so. He's just a great role model and a great person to look up to uh, for all of us. Yeah, you know, one thing I found interesting is hearing some of his interviews uh, lately since breaking it. And, and one interview I really enjoyed was he did an interview with, with Pat McAfee on the McAfee you know, 2.0 podcast. And, you know, overall, you know, McAfee talks, tells a lot of stories about Vinatieri. But one I thought that was interesting is, you know, leading up to that game, you know, he had been dealing with a groin injury. And and the competitive nature that that Vinatieri has to win and be the greatest and all that type of stuff. He was he was telling a story that he was sitting in the trainer's room, looking out the window, and there were three kickers there, competing to take that his spot for the next week. And just how competitive he was, and wanting to rush out there and just get back so he could, you know, one keep that spot but just keep it going. And I thought that was cool. I actually connected with that too because I remember. 
Uh, when I was a senior in high school, I had torn cartilage in my knee. And uh, the doctor said, well, we could fix it before the season or, or wait till the end. And, and I was like, dude, there's no way I'm missing my senior year of football and kicking. And, and sure enough, in the middle of the season, the tear got worse, got locked up. I had to get cartilage surgery. But I had like a two-week recovery. And I remember as I was waiting for that time period to end so I could get back to playing, one of my soccer friends came out as a kicker because they needed a kicker. And I just remember just the competitive feeling and like, God, I was like, there's no way that guy's going to take that spot. I'm coming back. And I like rushed back to like come back and kick. So some other guy wouldn't take my spot. I just remember that it, it, uh, you know, there's a competitive nature for kickers too, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Well, Hey, let's, let's go on to some other interesting news. The Seahawks punter Dixon has been in the news a good bit this year as a rookie. He had a pretty ballsy fourth down run. Was that was that what he was quoted, Chris? What I think what was supposed to happen is he was supposed to just burn time, take a safety, just to just to delay the game, and then all of a sudden he saw like an open window and he ran for first down. <laughs> and first of all, it's crazy just to call, you know, that play in general, you know. But uh, that 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 dude's having a year, man. He is. He could yeah. be rookie of the year kicker easily, or rookie of the year punter, I should say. Based based off watching the film over and over, I don't think he was supposed to do it. I think he got around that edge, and then he saw a little, you know, daylight. And I think he just like, you know, I'm, I'm athletic enough. I'm going to get this. But what I love, depending if that is true, I love that Pete Carroll like was giving him fives and like stoked for him, like. You know, like, he very, you know, head coaches can very easily just chew them out for even, like, attempting that. Because I'm pretty sure he was supposed to run out for safety. I don't, I don't think he was trying to get a, I don't think that was a planned fourth down fake, you know? I agree. And that always kind of made me wonder stuff like that. Well, if that play failed because he chose to ran, that coach probably choose, choose him out. But because he was successful, the coach is probably like, yeah, man, great job. You know, ballsy, but great. You know, it's just... You know that that coach's mentality on you know how you would attack that if if it didn't work out you know because I mean he gets tackled the balls on the you know eight yard line they score quickly and then maybe get an onside kick so that's very ballsy. <laughs> yeah, and, and for those of you that are listening that may not understand what we're talking about here, the ball was pinned deep back in on their territory. They're up more than a touchdown, and what has happened every once in a while is. Instead of punting the football and giving them good field position, you catch the ball in the end zone and you eat up some clock and then you just run out of the back of the end zone and it's a safety and you give the other team two points and you get to kick off to them or punt to them. But, you know, you you give them better field position if you punt the ball to them instead. So what he did instead is he saw that he had a chance for a fake and he ran for a first down. Yep. So actually, let's let's turn this into another teachable moment. Let's say, guys, you're punting, and you get a bad snap, and it rolls into the end zone. Most most coaches, instead of maybe getting tackled or fumbled, you know, fumble the ball, give up that touchdown, they usually want you to turn around and, and kick the safety. And basically, uh, all that is, guys, is as long as you're in the end zone, turn around and just boot that ball out of the back of the end zone, or just run out of bounds for safety. So... Let's just kind of almost turn that into a teachable moment for if a snap backfires on you and you're trying to get out of the end zone. So coaches will prefer that safety, even though they probably didn't want it, 
over you fumbling that ball and then giving up a touchdown. So just remember that, guys, as you as you're playing as well. If you're in those scenarios, yeah. So interesting play, um, Ben Roethlisberger. He actually did this against me in college. Huh. It's like this is kind of crazy because uh, he played at Miami, Ohio, in the MAC conference. I played at Ball State, and he did this frequently. Where even in games and film that we would watch, is if they were in the other team's territory, like on the forty, and they were out of field goal range. You know, he'd be back there like he's going to throw, and then he would scoot back, you know, three or four more yards where he may be like seven or eight yards away from the center, and then he would just catch it and, and punt the ball down and try to get inside the 20. But I, I don't think it was a very good punt. I was expecting better hang. It was a, kind of a wimpy punt, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it is from a punting coach's perspective. You know, and, and actually when you watch the, the replay, you know, it was a bad nose-down drop. You know, and, and what's interesting is, so last year when I was coaching at a, at a university and then now back at, at the high school level, um, I saw this play quite a bit either against us or, or we utilized it in our offense. And for a while as a kicking coach, I hated it because I was like, man, our punter's not being used. We have a great punter and the quarterback's doing it. But there's a lot of, like, decent strategy behind doing that because usually there's no punt returner because he's playing safety. And then you quickly back up two yards, quick quick snap it, you just get a low line drive and try to place the ball. I mean, there's there's decent strategy behind it if, you know, if you're not, if you're for that type of stuff, you know. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a couple, couple things in the news that, that aren't so great is uh, McManus missed a game-winning field goal. He had a great opportunity to, to kick a 51-yarder against the Texans. Ended up hitting it wide right. Uh, that's a bummer because you know, nineteen seventeen, you know, could have could have won it with a game winner. Those those are the worst. Yeah. Well, and, and the biggest thing is, is is how that coach responds. You know, obviously nobody likes to lose, and it's going to be easy to blame the kicker. But you know, you always keep that perspective that there's plays in the game that didn't go right before that, whether it's interceptions or fumbles that could have also changed the outcome of the game. And and don't always put it on the kickers. You know, just because. They missed that, that, that kick to win it. Although that's what they're paid to do. They're paid to make it too. But what we, they're paid to do. They're supposed to make that kick, man. And yeah. he gets good, real good. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate it happens. I, I think almost every kicker in their life has probably missed a game-winning opportunity. You know, whether it's high school yeah. or college or pros. I know I did. And it hurts. <laughs> it for sure hurts, yeah. you know, to, to, to let go of that. But uh, I know they're... Another sort of downfall, guys, and, and, it, and it's kind of humorous a little bit, but obviously sucks to be that guy in the moment. If you guys were watching the Nebraska game, you know, trying to pull off, I think it was the, the Rabona-type kick, but he, he whiffed and the ball rolled like like a foot. <laughs> you know, it's uh, kind of, you know, always unfortunate, and I'm sure it worked 70% of the time or 80% of the time, or else they wouldn't have tried it, you know, and then you just get that one time where it didn't really work. Yeah, you know, that, and that's tough, and... And one thing that I don't like is, you know, the college coaches, they don't understand. They just say, hey, we want to do a surprise left, so you figure it out, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. And they just and that's just my perception, my assumption, is that staff just figured he could do it, told him to do it, you know. But that is such a tough kick to, as a righty, to have to roll around and then come back to the left and do a surprise left. It's a tough kick, and you can't be very accurate. So, you know, I feel bad for the guy because, you know, that that's one of those kicks where it's just like a toss-up. You know, like you don't know where it's going to go. And 
you know, he, he tried to swing a little too hard at it, I thought. But, again, you know, if they're a kicking coach on that staff or someone with, with that experience, they could be able to say, like, hey, look, this isn't going to work. We're going to have to think something different. You know, it's just that's just a tough situation. Um, you know, what's interesting there, and obviously it wasn't the Rabona. I, I, I misspoke, but it was, you know, we, we actually tried that at the high school team that I coach at, actually a similar version and the head coach wanted it, and so we had to figure out how to do it. And basically what we did to try to make it work is, you know, instead of taking, say, five steps over to the left, we just took two steps over. And we were like, well, at the very least, if somebody on the other sideline noticed that, it might look like we're trying to go deep left. And then we were able to practice this essentially this is the same kick. You know, but that's, it's a very hard kick to do, yeah. Like you said, Brian, your momentum, you're going right towards the ball and then all of a sudden you got to swing across your body and execute a kick that goes 10 and a half yards or 11 you know 11 yards and it's that's a hard kick right there so we're going to end this industry news podcast on this quiz i'm going to give chris a quiz here all right chris the top five 50 plus yards best percentage on field goals four of the five guys and this is all time four of the five guys are still currently playing Let's see if you can guess any of the five, top five. That have the best field goal conversion percentage, 50 plus? Uh, uh, 50 plus of all time in their whole careers. All right, well, I'm going to say Gano. Nope. He's not top five? How about Tucker? Yep, he is number five, and he is at 36 for 50 of his career on 50 plus, at 72%. He's number five. All right, so we got Tucker, Gano. Uh, how about Vinatieri? I mean, he's pretty accurate. He's got to be up there. He's number 13. Oh, jeez. He has, he's 41 of 64. It's pretty crazy. Gosh. Take that 64 attempts over. That's the most attempts out of everyone. No, actually, actually, a, Grant, let's see. Jason Elam has the most attempts. Oh. I'm just kidding. I lied. I'm lying again. Jason, <laughs> Jason Hansen. Had 93 attempts of 50-plus yards or more. Holy smokes. All right, well, I'm going I'm to add Janikowski then. I know he's got a big leg. He's got to be up there. Uh, he's number 25. Dang. Um, I'm, all right. Let me give, give, right. Me, give me like two more guys. I'll Jason Meyer. Jason Meyer gets yeah. a lot of deep kicks. I'll give you a tip. Uh, 49ers. Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold is number one. He is 28 for 36 on 50-plus with a 77.8 percentile. All right, the number two guy uh, plays for the team in Michigan. Let's see if you can get that. Alliance? Um, Drawing a blank, man. <laughs> Matt Prater. Oh, yeah, Prater, man. That guy's, that guy's got a leg. That guy. He's 44 of 59, 74.6 percentage. And then number three guy... Uh, played on Monday Night Football last night. Well, let's see here. So be oh, Missy Crosby. The team that he was playing against. I would have guessed Crosby as well. Um. Oh, Gus, Gus, Steven Gaskowski. Gust- yeah, he's number three. So he's at twenty-four for thirty-three, seventy-two percent. And then the number four guy. I don't think any of us would have guessed, but he's not active. He played from ninety-four to 07. Jeff Wilkins. Does that name? Ring about you too? Yeah, wasn't he Rams? He was a Rams guy? Yep, he was number four. So that's the top five uh, all-time 50-plus yard field goal percentage. Kind of interesting. Um, if you look at 
uh, field goal accuracy of all time, Tucker is number one, 90.1%. That is crazy. That is crazy. Kostowski, he's number two at 87%. Dan Bailey's number three at 87.6%. Hauschuska is at 87.6%. And the number five is Robbie Gould, 87. Jay Feely's down there at number 25. Oh, that's cool, man. So, pretty cool stats. Just wanted to kind of give an update there on uh, on how, how it's going in the NFL. Hey, guys, two unique stories I wanted to wrap this up with, too. I don't know if anybody noticed this last weekend, two brothers played each other. So, you know, you usually get that once a year or so, you know, but it's also rare to have two brothers be, you know, playing in the league at the same time. But the Colquitt brothers, punters, Dustin and, and Britton, uh, played each other. Browns versus the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So that was probably a pretty sweet experience. However, each guy only had two to one, you know, one or two punts each. So kind of a kind of a slow day for them. <laughs> so, but it's cool that they played each other. And then um, I just want to do a little shout out here locally in Minnesota. Um, we are in the high school playoffs, and a school called St. Michael Albertville came back being down 28-0 to against another local school, Edina. They came back and scored 29 points in five minutes, and they converted three straight onside kicks to uh, to make that comeback, and that's incredible. That is yeah, amazing. Like that every year in Minnesota. It's like you guys are like the onside kick kings up there. Yeah, well, the funny story that kind of goes with that is last year, I think I told this story on the podcast, uh, Maple Grove, the team I, I coach on now last year, I wasn't on staff then, they converted three straight onside kicks against St. Michael Albertville, that exact same team, and scored, was it like 22 points in like a minute, and that one made, that one went viral like all over the place, so. Yeah, so. I think you're the only kicking coach that does onside kick training for an hour. <laughs> Well, we do we do practice it a lot, but we don't do it for an hour. But yeah, that we you know it's the little things. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Well, thanks guys for listening to the industry news. Uh, stay tuned for more awesome podcasts coming up. Yep. Thanks guys for listening and the support. We'll see you next week. Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? This podcast has been brought to you by NKR, the National Kicking Rankings Platform. It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, this camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction. You'll get honest feedback and rankings, exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely, using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps, that's NKR underscore camps, or on Instagram at nationalkickingrankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out nationalkickingrankings.com. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 
fourth down experience. 